Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. It is a wonderful privilege and an honor to see all of you guys' lovely faces this morning. And I would like to take the time to welcome you to Crossroads Church and Ministries. And if you have joined us online on Facebook or on YouTube, we would also like to welcome you online as well and give you a nice warm welcome too. Um, also, if you are new to Crossroads, we would like to meet you personally. So you could come meet us in the back at the next step kiosk in the back or you can scan the QR code at your at your seat um, and fill out that informa information and that way we can get to know you and also get give you guys a gift as well awesome and reminder that this Monday is our food pantry so if you are interested yes we love the food pantry um, and these next couple months are bigger months for us. Coming into the holidays, right, people need food and resources in our community. So thank you, Peggy, Searle's family, all of our volunteers. I think last week, last time we set a record for number of volunteers um, per served people. We had about 40 people. It was awesome. So we'd love your help. We start setting up around 4, th 4 4.30. If you're able to come then, come then. If you're able to come when you get off work, that's awesome. Um, and service starts at 5.30 for Food Pantry. I heard that records are meant to be broken. Amen. Oh, yeah. So I got good news. It feels like, I don't know. It just feels like tomorrow's going to be a big night for a Food yes. Pantry. Oh, yeah. Um, also, on November 20th, November 20th after church, we will have diversity, equity, and inclusion. We will have a meeting with Teshna Thomas. She will be leading that discussion. Um, the purpose of that discussion is to learn how to love all of our neighbors, whether black, white, Mexican, Asian, Republican, Democrat, all of our neighbors, no matter what they believe, because we are all part children of God, and we are all part of the same race, one race, and that's the human race. And so that is for our way to learn how to love everyone, no matter what differences we have, all right? And there's pizza. And there's pizza. Oh, so. I forgot the most important part. <laughs> um, and then December 4th, Sunday, December 4th, is our baptism ceremony. So if you want to get baptized, this is a great time to do that. We've got about six people signed up right now, so join in. Um, if you want more information about that, you can go to Next Step News or register online and definitely be here to celebrate with those people as they go through that milestone and sacrament. Yes, and also on December 7th, we will have grief uh, grief and finding your way. Um, we understand that during the holiday season, um, it's very hard sometimes to deal with um, grief and uh, a time during losing loved ones and um, dealing with that time that you may have never had to deal with before. And so um, with um, Kathleen and also with Kobe, they will be hosting the Grief um, and Finding Your Way event as well. And so you can find out more about that um, at the Next Steps news kiosk in the back or also on ccmonline.org and you can sign up there and find out more. Awesome. This is a lot of announcements. I feel like we're busy right now. But our last announcement is that if you want to help deck the halls, um, Stacy Livingston is going to be transforming this experience to Advent um, after next week's service. Isn't that crazy? Advent is coming up. So she wants to have that done before the Thanksgiving celebrations kick off. And if you are available Monday through Wednesday and you, like, love fluffing Christmas trees or you love creating crafts and setting up a manger, if that feels like a spiritual practice for you, um, you can get in touch with Stacy. She wants to be flexible and work around when volunteers are available. So all of her information is on the website or, once again, feel free to step by Next Steps News to learn more. Oh, yeah. And if your Christmas tree is up already, 
this is probably yeah, the this thing is probably that you yours. should do. Yeah, you're already ready, so help us out. <laughs> All right, thanks. Thanks, guys. Let's hear it for Jaquiel and Hannah. Awesome. So uh, we want to we want to partake in this moment in the service that uh, is such a gift. The opportunity to give out of our resources, Claire and I and Sean. My brother, uh, this was years ago, we were in Haiti, and uh, we were doing a lot of training for leaders, but at one point we went up in the mountains, so away from Port-au-Prince, um, and anyway, it was the middle of the night, we get there, and uh, unlike here, a lot of third world countries' schedules aren't as critical, you know, uh, kind of surviving is more critical. So it doesn't really matter when you show up in a truck and, you know, you're, you're the people that are doing ministry. People just kind of flood to the service. So we're in this room, this church building in the middle of this gorgeous part of the country up in the mountains, um, but very poverty stricken. And um, anyway, we, we taught for a while and we got to the end of the service and um, there was no way they weren't going to take an offering, receive an offering. This was so moving to me. I'll never forget it as long as I live. And um, they were in the middle of a building campaign. And um, anyway, they, they went to receive the offering. And, of course, you know, we wanted to be a part of uh, helping with that. But um, we noticed that there were people that would come up, and there was, like, one... Uh, one family came up and put a nail in the offering basket. And there was other people that came up, they brought rocks because that would be part of the building. That's all they had to give, they had rocks. And they would give rocks. And, um, you know, and then there were people that would give uh, some financial gift out of uh, their lack or... Maybe in the community, they were someone that had abundance. Uh, we didn't know all the ins and outs of it, but it had such an impression on me. And sometimes um, I think it's easy for us to forget because a couple of things can happen to us. One thing that can happen to us is we can feel like our gift is insignificant, like all I have is a nail. But let me tell you something. I'll never forget that nail. And you'll probably never forget that nail now uh, as long as you live. Um, it was significant in my life. And this is like one of the profound moments when we gather. And around the world today, people are giving out of their lack, out of their abundance. They're sowing into God's kingdom work around the world. And it makes a tremendous difference. We're entering in, as Hannah and Jaquiel just told us, we're entering into the Christmas kind of Thanksgiving season We'll have opportunities for extra giving. That kind of starts tomorrow night with the pantry. But we'll put those things before you guys as we head into these weeks. Um, but let's celebrate the opportunity that we all have to come together as a community and to bless people that have maybe less than us or it's sometimes maybe for some of us it's people that even have more than us. But let's bring our nails. Let's bring our stones. Let's bring... Our, our finances, and let's be the kind of community that Jesus wants us to be. Does that sound good? Can we do that? Can we be those people? I've watched you guys do this for 31 years, 
And I'm not just talking about the extra giving over the next couple of weeks, but let's celebrate the fact that we live in the most prosperous part of the world easily. Easily. And let's be those people that say, you know what? God's kingdom's going to come through the church, not through anything else. It's going to come through the church, and I want to be the part, a part of that in a way God's directed. So let's pray. So, Father, even as we head into this season, and maybe we're online today or we're in the room, we're so grateful for your generosity to us. We're so grateful for people like the people of Haiti that teach us about generosity, teach us about giving out of this deep poverty and lack. God, let us be the kind of people that can celebrate the fact that we have anything to give. You've given it all to us. You've been generous with us. You have called us to be stewards. And Lord, we love to reflect your generosity on the earth. So today, as we give in this offering, we ask your blessing on it. I pray for those that are maybe struggling uh, with depression or difficulty around career or maybe job loss or trying to make ends meet. We bless those, uh, not only in our community, but in the greater community. Help us to be sensitive to the needs that we're called to help meet and hold our brother and sister's arms. So we speak blessing over every family here, every Crossroads family, every young person. We pray increase in generosity, prosperity. We speak health over anyone that's not healthy in their body. We pray, God, health. We speak blessing over our minds. And Lord, we thank you that you are so generous to us. So we give out of a heart of abundance today, out of a heart of gratitude. You're amazing to us. And let us be surprised even in our own corporate generosity this season, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So if you're online, you can uh, go ahead and check out online how to give. Uh, if you're in the room, there's some baskets. You can also give online. Let's make this an amazing end of 2022. We can do that, gang. We can do it. Let's be praying for one another that God does something significant in each one of our lives. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. Today, as we celebrate the Bible as our core value, let's read together these powerful words of life from the scripture. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How sweet your words taste to me. Your words were found, and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and a delight to my heart. We gather this morning to give thanks. We give thanks for each other and the love of God, which we receive and give to one another. Thank you for the words of scripture that feed us and show us how to live in a community. Help us bring your word to our tables so that it might be thoughtful, digested, and considered a holy practice. May we not grasp the scriptures to control and condemn, but embrace your word and help people who don't know your love. 
feel alone, lost, and hurt. Forgive us for our sins of breaking a relationship with you and the people in your heart. Help us bring your word to our tables so that it might be thoughtful, digested, and considered a holy practice. We are not interested in knowing more, but in becoming more. To know much and taste nothing. Of what use is that? Keep us hungry for your word, who is Christ. Help us bring your word to our tables so that it might be thoughtful, digested, and considered a holy practice. We lift up the names of our family, friends, and neighbors who are in need of your healing or blessing or love today. Help us bring your word to our tables so that it might be thoughtful, digested, and considered a holy practice. Pray for those who serve in our communities. We lift their names to you now. Help us bring your word to our tables so that it might be thoughtful, digested, and considered a holy practice. Let's take a moment to think about the things that brought us joy and the things that made us sad. Then let's give them both to God in silence, knowing God was with us in those times and is now at the table. Did the wave, handshake, or hug, let us offer each a word or sign of peace as we prepare for communion. Why don't we be seated? And moms and dads, as you have your kids with you, uh, and kids, let, we want you to know this communion is for you as well. And so families, as you're gathered together, uh, if you're at a table, this is just like we'd be around a dinner table or a table in our living room. And friends, if you would like to kind of position your chairs in ways that you can look at some other folks, that you can um, just make this be a moment that we are in community uh, with your family, with your friends, and if you prefer just to be by yourself, that's okay too. But just know that we are gathered and just uh, as we have this picture that's up here that Pastor Clara has shown with us before. Oh, and Helen, that Helen Glover has created for, for our church uh, as a reminder to us that the communion table is a place where all people come uh, throughout the world, every culture, Every tongue, every tribe are welcome to the table. Each one of us are welcome today. And there was a little prayer that uh, that that Pastor Claire gave to me uh, today, and that we're going to put up. Make sure we get up on social media. 
that um, uh, is, is an older prayer, but one that we're kind of using specifically for us today. And then I want to pray and just kind of let you know about it. Really, it's less a prayer and more of things for us to remember as we receive communion together. And so this is the time where you can make the crinkle noise with that top of the little cup thing to get the bread out. And that's all right to do that. And so, kids, this is for you just as much as it is for us older people in the room. And that Jesus wants us to know to come, everyone who wants to. Come if you can recite the creeds. And come if you can't remember the words to Jesus loves me. Come if you've been in the church since birth. Come if you've lost your way a few times, but have found your way here today. Come if you like to study theology. Come if you like to finger paint. Come if you like tradition and ritual and ceremony. Come if you like balloons and laughter and jumping in puddles. Come if you like all these things and find the wonder of heaven in them all. Come as you are, old and young, just as you are, one family right now, each of you, every one of you, and you have a seat right here. So let's take that bread. And let's imagine this bread as being a piece that Jesus has torn off that loaf of bread. Because we're remembering the way that Jesus showed his love to us. On the evening before he died, he gathered with his friends during the meal. And we're reminded that Jesus took the bread. Jesus gave thanks for it and broke it and passed it around and remember and used these words or words like this and that this is my body given for you and when you eat this you remember me let me say that again and when you eat this you remember me and together can we say Jesus we remember you Jesus we remember you and let's take that breath tells us that Jesus took a cup of wine and it wasn't plastic but it probably wasn't much fancier but it was made by hand it wasn't some gold and jeweled cup but one that was the cup of a carpenter and Jesus took that cup of wine and just like today Jesus gave thanks for it and handed it around the room to his friends like this said this is the cup of the new covenant and every time you drink this juice, this wine do this in remembrance of me let's say Jesus we remember you Jesus we remember you let's take the cup together And we're reminded 
believe that every time we eat bread like this, every time that we drink the juice like this, we remember Jesus. We remember his everlasting love. And we remember the joy of gathering together as a community to remember the love of Christ. Christ, who is the word of God. And may the God of hope fill us with love and peace and joy. together around the presence of Christ who is the word of God and the words that you've spoken Jesus are words of life and health and truth they are the way forward and may we hear a word from you today each of us you know all of our circumstances everything we're facing into and oh how we need a word from you each and every one of us need your word spoken. So may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you today, God. May we experience the pleasure of God together around the word of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, keep that song handy because I think we'll end with it. What do you guys think? Here's a situation. So when you're going to talk about the Word of God and you start looking for songs about the Word of God, there's a bunch of old songs about the Word of God. So I want to challenge all of the songwriters of this generation to write some songs about God's Word. I'd like to hear what's happening in you around God's Word because God's Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the word of God is living and active and sharper than two, any two-edged sword to help us separate what is messing us up from what is giving us life. 
And so I am excited to talk to you about the core value of the Bible today. Everybody, can you say the Bible? Every time I read my Bible, I feel all right. Come on, everybody who knows it. Every time I read my Bible, I feel all right. This is Lester Lewis. Come on. Every time I read my Bible, I feel all right. Say it. Feel all right. Feel all right. Feel all right. So that's Lester from Jamaica. You guys may remember him years ago, came to visit, and uh, he actually helped write the book, or not the book, the song, Jesus is the one I'm on, the one I'm on, the one I'm on. Yeah, I'm really taking you back. So now you know why we need some new songwriters. I'd like to know who in this generation is going to write about the way the words of Christ have changed their life. Because the word of Christ has changed my life. I'm going to ask you, who was the first person that shared the Bible with you? Just think about it for a minute. Write it down if you want to. Whose voice taught you about the goodness of God from the Bible? Just get that person coming in your mind here. And who are your Bible teachers now? We've got lots of digital pastors. Have you noticed? I mean, you can, you can get some really great stuff through podcasts and all over the place. I mean, we should be more healthy than ever, and we are not. Should I say that again? Right? I mean, with so many Bible teachers, you know, I want to say, what's love got to do with that? I hear so much that doesn't sound like the voice that I first heard scripture. That was my dad. So this is my dad in 1962. He was the lecturer at our church, so he read the scripture every week. And I got to tell you, my dad had a great, uh, I, was, I almost said a great face for radio, a great voice for radio. And all the way until he was 93, so you see him in 1962 here, and you see him in, at 93 years old there, and he never stopped giving me the word of God words of life. It was beautiful. One time I quoted Gandhi, which was a great quote. And my dad said, oh, I think Jesus said that first. And then he took me there. I loved it. I loved it. It was so good. I thought, you know, I, I so appreciate that I had this voice in my life to give me the word. And then, of course, these are my two favorite Bible teachers, Ruth Barton and Scott Loridge. And they have continued to give me the word in a way that I feel the love of God. I, I have, I actually, I, I would say that Scott and Ruth have saved my life on multiple occasions with words of life and words of hope, with words of Christ. And I realize that not everybody has had the blessing that I've had. Some of you have had other Bible teachers that maybe there's injury there. Maybe your Bible teacher looked a little like this. Or made God look a little like this. You know, that God. Speak to the hand. It's not the God I know. It's not the one that I see with open arms. But I do realize that there have been times when People such as this statue have taught the word of God, and it has not been the voice of Christ. It has not been the words of hope. And maybe even I looked like this on a couple of days. 
right? Because my faith is continuing to progress, isn't yours? I mean, as a young preacher, you know what we used to do is say, after three years, throw out all the tapes. Every three years, throw them out. Because hopefully we are living in the progressive revelation of Christ. I mean, hopefully I'm more loving now than I was 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Hopefully, hopefully I'm more open and receptive to knowing God's love for me and for other people than I was at other times in my life. Don't you? Can, can I get a witness? Yes, right? I mean, if the Bible is not transforming us, it's not helping us. If the Bible is helping us get more mean and self-righteous, it's not helping us. If the Bible is pushing away others and saying, no, not you, no, you can't, you, it's not helping us. Okay, you got me. What we believe about God will tell us what we believe about people. And what we believe about people will tell us what kind of communities and societies we believe we should strive to create. Oh, come on. Let's quote Brenda together. What we believe about God will tell us what we believe about people. And what we believe about people will tell us what kinds of communities and societies we believe we should strive to create. And let me just say it this way. This is the way one of my teachers taught me, and I, I, I think it was Char Dillon, but I'm not sure. How we relate vertically is how we relate horizontally. This is called the cross of the community. This is cruciform love. So if I say me and God are fine, but me and you ain't happening, how we relate is how we relate. So when I have a broken or ruptured relationship with God, I can't bring you myself fully. Or if I have a ruptured relationship with you and I, I think I'm praying, I need help, God, to repair ruptures. Help me, God, because I want to create communities that look like the kingdom of God, don't you? I mean, on earth, as it already is in heaven, sounds phenomenal to me. Amen? Amen, amen. So, Psalm 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 119, oh, how sweet your words taste to me. Jeremiah, your words were found and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and a delight in my heart. But Bonaventure said, to know much and taste nothing, of what use is that? Right? So we could know about the Bible, but if it isn't tasting like a honeycomb and we aren't sharing some of that out here, right? To know much and taste nothing, what good is that? Go ahead, take a picture of that slide. It's a good one. It is so important to us to taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't just want to know, I want to taste it. Amen? Yeah. Now, here in Revelation, it says, take, that, take the open scroll from the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and the land. And I went to the angel and asked him to give me the small scroll. And he said to me, take and eat it. It will be bitter to your stomach, but it will be as sweet as honey to your mouth. Have you guys ever read a passage in the Bible and it's like, I love the Bible, I love the Bible. And then you start to digest it and you go, oh, I got some work to do. Right? You guys know what I'm saying. Anybody know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I love the word of God and then I read it and then it disturbs me or discomforts me or says, okay, Claire, are we done with that now? Right? 
So what I want to say is when we're at the table, it, we want it to be sweet, but we also want to digest it and do something different when we're done eating it. Like if I am with God's word, something starts to nourish me in ways that, oh, it's so good. Oh, so very good. All right. One of our teachers, mine and Scott's, Dr. Robert Mulholland, a brilliant New Testament scholar who Scott and I spent over 10 years in community with. And he was the same at the table as he is in his books. And I want to recommend you read Shaped by the Word by Dr. Bob Mulholland because the Word is meant to shape us, to form us, to transform us, not just to become information that flits at the top of our heads. We are not interested in knowing more, but in becoming more. Amen? Don't you want to keep becoming yourself the way God intended for you to be on this earth made in God's image and likeness? The goal of the Bible is our core value at Crossroads is not about reading, but about listening. It's not just about reading it, right? It's about listening. Our goal is to read for our relationship with God, allowing God to connect our thinking, feeling, and doing life in the community. Oh, God, help me and you. Let anyone who has ears hear. Like, let's not just read the Bible. I, I just don't want to tell people to read the Bible if we're not going to listen, right? And honestly, I know one person who read one verse for almost 20 years and said, oh, God, don't release me from this verse until I live it. Okay, in Bible college, we learn things like oika, observation, interpretation, correlation, application. It's a great inductive Bible study method, really great. And I love inducted Bible study methods for sure. But I want to say before we ever had the printed Bible, we had people whose voice had the kind of tone that either drew us in or made us go, I'm not buying what that person's selling. So I'm not really interested in just methodologies of Bible study. Since I was 19, I started reading the Bible. I, I, st I loved the Bible. I, I didn't read it as a young person. I had it read to me. And I have to tell you, when I started reading it myself, there was a bit of a shift. I was in a Bible college, and we started to other people. Like, he's, here are the people, if they believe this, these are the ones that are going to heaven with us. These people over here are not. When I used to have the Bible read to be, me by my dad, oh my gosh, we had, you can't believe the people we had at our kitchen table. Just imagine them too. It was everybody. And my dad was friends with people in here and there and everywhere. And we didn't know that they weren't as good as us and our way of loving God. It's fascinating. But when I went to Bible college, I learned who was the great whore of Babylon in the book of Revelation. Not going to tell you who it is. But I learned who it was. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, yeah, those people, mm, that denomination, right? The left foot of fellowship. And I, I, I just, I love the scripture when Jesus asked the question to the person who came and asked how they could go to heaven. And 
And Jesus said, well, how do you read the scripture? How do you read it? How do you read it? Interesting. Okay. So when Scott and I have been studying, we've studied under the, some of the best professors, authors, friends, people under bridges in homeless shelters. I mean, I, we've learned from some of the best about Jesus. I'll, I'll never forget going to uh, the homeless community with your daughter, Julie, Matthew. And we were with the homeless community, and, and Julie's comment about what a man named Michael taught her in the homeless community about God that she never knew before. So I just want to say, sometimes I think we get too caught up in, um, in, in some methodologies. While I'm grateful for my professors and people who are far uh, more learned than I am, I'm really grateful that when I did my post-master's graduate study in spiritual direction, after two years, guess what the paper was we wrote? Guess what it was called? This is so much fun. A theological assumption. Because if God is so small that you can get him in your back pocket, then there ain't no Grand Canyon ocean. There's no stars in the heaven, right? So, okay, anyway. So here's what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said. The word of scripture should never stop sounding in your ears and working in you all day long, just like the words of someone you love. And just as you do not analyze the words of someone you love, but accept them as they are said to you, accept the word of scripture and ponder in your heart as Mary did. That is all. Do not ask, how shall I pass this on? But what does it say to me? Then ponder this word long in your heart until it has gone right into you and taken possession of you. See, words of love can take possession in you. I mean, I'll tell you what, Scott, he, he has told me he loved me multiple times a day for 41 years. The man cannot die before me or I'll, I always say, or I'll kill him, but that's not a good thing to say. <laughs> you know, I wonder what I'll be like without the sound of his voice letting me know I'm loved as I've known for these years. I, I can't imagine it. And in the same way, I think maybe sometimes the reason people can walk away from their faith is they've never heard the voice of love, but they've heard a bunch of Bible verses. But when the voice of love takes possession of you, there's something right there, my friends. Whoo! Don't ever want to live without those words. I, I, I want those words to welcome me from here to there. Dr. Mulholland says, transformation occurs when scripture is viewed as a place of encounter with God that is approached by yielding the false self and its agenda, by opening oneself unconditionally to God, and by a hunger. Can we say hunger? And by a hunger to respond in love to whatever God desires. A hunger at the table, sweet. I'll take both ginger and horseradish, and I'll take, I'll take the honeycomb. I'll take what it is that God wants to feed me so that I have a response to what God desires because I'm at the table eating. Okay, I won't get into that. 
Jesus says, what is written in the law? And this man, Jesus says, how do you read it to this guy? How do you read it? I think this is wonderful. By the way, what follows this up is the Good Samaritan passage that we all know. And the guy wants to know, who is my neighbor? See, Jesus is saying, I don't need you to quote me the verse. I want to know who is your neighbor. I want you to know if you can find your neighbor. How do you read it? That's how we read the Bible, friends, finding our neighbor. That's how we read the Bible, finding my neighbor. When Jesus says, how do you read it? I'm gonna, now I'm going to tell you a story about finding your neighbor. Find your neighbor. For every word of God is living and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So how is God's word being shaped in your heart right now? How's God's word shaping you, forming you, right? What is God's word about you? How is it cutting away broken, deformed, damaging words about you? Is God's word becoming flesh in you? Is your listening cutting away deformed, damaging words that have blocked your true self? That's what God's word is for. It's to help us be our true selves made in God's image. The truest thing about you is you are the imago Dei. And anytime I'm anywhere away from that, I need the word to transform me. We have liturgical reading, which is beautiful. It's called participatory listening. That's what liturgical reading is. That's why we do a prayers of the people all together, is because there's a participatory reading that ends up engaging us in a holy community. Not my little prayers and your little prayers, but our prayers together as we are formed in the image of Christ. Without sufficient liturgical support, public service or work of the people is what liturgical means, we are apt to edit the story down to fit our own individual tastes and predispositions. Oh, how we need a community, my friends. I can't do this by myself because I have my own predispositions. And if I don't listen to a multivocal approach where people like Hannah or Samuel or Scott or Jacques or Teshna or disturb me, I'll just stay in my own predisposition and not even know it. I need a liturgy of the people. That's why we sing songs all together. There's a, there's a collective effervescence that happens in the room when you're saying, and step by step you'll lead me and I will follow you all of my days. That's powerful. That's singing the word together. Something happens in us when we're doing this good work. That's why we use the blue book. You know, and if you don't have one or any other kind of way to be in liturgical reading so we can be listening to the scriptures together on the same day. Today's scripture comes from uh, Isaiah 62. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem rejoicing and her people a joy, and I will be glad in my people, and no more shall there be heard the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days. They shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. 
This is God's word for us on this day. And when Scott read that at our son's funeral back 34 years ago and wept while he read it, no longer will there be an infant that lives only a few days. I'm telling you, the word of God was sustenance for us. And every time we read this, when it's in the lectionary cycle, we go, that's our scripture. We are going to see our son again. This scripture on this day is telling someone else who maybe just lost their child that there is a promise, a collective promise that we share together. And when we're in community, we don't live in our own little silo. We actually get to hear from other people who have a testimony that God is good and that God is with you through it all, through hell and high water, friends, and that God's word will strengthen us and enliven us and will give us a way to see. And then once it's in you, it'll be like that loving word resounding in you and nobody can take it. Oh, that's my word. That's our word, Scott, right? And this is the goodness of reading the scripture so that we're not conformed to this age and the problems of this age and the difficulty of this age, but we're transformed in our thinking and our feeling and our doing by the word of God. Oh, Jesus, if we have not entered this text as participants, we aren't going to understand what's going on. This text cannot be understood by watching it from the bleachers or even inexpensive box seats. We are in it. This text, we are in it, friends. We are in it. And as Scott said, you won't forget that nail. Maybe you'll never forget that passage about the infant. And maybe you'll pass it on to someone at another time and say, let me tell you what the collective people say to you today. Okay, I have way too much information. And I'm already two minutes over. <laughs> the one who has an ear had better hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Or as the prophet Bonnie said to the intentional church group two weeks ago, are your ears awake? Listen. Listen to the wind words, the Spirit blowing through the churches. Because God is speaking to us, friends, if we are listening to the voice of love. God is speaking if we're hearing the wind that's blowing out the dust within that has been stuck in some way or another in unloving view of God. I think I will preach next week and we'll do the Lectio Divina because I just can't do this today. Look, there's way too much more. Oh, yes, Jesus, I, I'll, I'll with, I'm going to be disciplined right here, right now. <sighs> Let's stand together. Here we are at the table. Eating what is good, what is difficult, but in the company of community, that may have lived there before you and has a word to help you. I don't want to go out Pentecostal on you, 
But if you're jobless right now, there's someone in this room that has experienced the word in that moment and can be with you in a loving way. If you're facing sickness in your body, you are not alone. There are people who faced right in with God that can share a word with you. If you don't know what your next steps are or what your life is supposed to be in the future, we have friends who've been in those really difficult moments and they didn't know. If you're really excited about something and you think, oh my gosh, I think God's inviting me out onto the water. You're at the table with people who all have stories and our core value is to let not these words of scripture flit about on the top of our head, but that they would descend into our hearts and our bodies and become action in the world. So wherever you are and whoever you are, let God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. We have this beautiful little book that Rhody wrote many years ago when she was facing into cancer, and it's a hundred scriptures that she read every day. And we give that book to people and we say, just see if there's one here that God might invite you to pay attention to, or maybe it'll be a gateway for another word from God that can help you in this part of your life. Because we don't want to impose our word. Our stories should be gateways for people to find God in their own story, right? Because I don't have the word for you, Kelly, but I, I know if I share how I've overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony, there might be something that just opens up a little bit for you to walk into whatever God is talking to you about. Our core value is the word who is Christ revealed in scripture from Genesis to Revelation. The arc of the story from Genesis to Revelation is Christ. Christ was before the foundations of the world, my friend. And so let's just pray for a moment in whatever way you want to, lifting your head to heaven, bowing your head, clinging to someone next to you or folding your own hands. And just pray that even in this week, that the words of Christ will guide you. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Whatever your path is this week, whatever you're facing, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a
we can. 